Podcast Appetite for Distortion, episode number 405. My name is Brando, and today it's like the office UK meets the office United States. So yeah, we were just talking off the air. My, my new friends, Amy and Jason, who are over the pond, across the pond. Is that a, a boring phrase at this best part? So, Amy, you're in North London? Yeah. Yep. And Jason, you said you're in Bristol. That's right. Yeah. So in the southwest of the UK. So the opposite side of the country. Okay. I only know Bristol, Connecticut, which is not the same, obviously. So you're, you're both going to have to teach me. We're not going to learn about your time at Hyde Park seeing Guns N' Roses. You're going to teach me what it's like to, you know, ask for a bottle water. Sorry. You said that off the air, <laughs> Amy. And I had to say it. You can make fun of my water, you know, dogs, daughters. Let's talk. Coffee talk. You can make fun of my accent as, as well. And uh, if you're watching, oh, don't, don't worry. We're British. We're going to take the piss out of you. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Just so you know, take the see, take the piss. That's something I don't say. If, <laughs> but if I said that, I would look like a douchebag. You know, America. I'm going to take the piss out of you. But if coming just out of you, it, man. I'm going to take the just piss out of you. It's funny. <laughs> we just sound like Mary Poppins when we say it. <laughs> I know you do. You sound like <laughs> it's charming. You get away with a lot. Yeah, I know. If you with that accent, you can say anything, and it can sound so intelligent and uh, i love it so our <laughs> intelligence <laughs> our intelligence levels can be lifted today in this this episode if you're if you're watching on zoom amy's got a white guns and roses shirt on uh anything special wondering oh it's not the shirt that i have what what's um... it's, so it's one that i bought on friday at hmm. the hyde park gig um outside because by the time i got to the merch stand it all gone mm. Um, and this is one that I don't have. Um, so it's the three original guys all kind of... That's a nice shirt. Sculled up and then all the dates on the back. I like um, that shirt. Very cool. Yeah. Most of my others are very appetite for destruction focused. So this is the first one that's really branched out. Okay. That's something that I, that I look for. I, I, I bought a white one, a white shirt when I went to Baltimore. I believe the last year's North American tour and it just has the cross on the top left crest and has the design on the back. Usually mm. it's like a black shirt, typical. So I wanted something different. So that's cool. Jason, did you uh, get any memorabilia no, or shirts when you went? Um, I didn't actually. Um, I did go and have a look, uh, have a little cue because um, like yourself, I do like the uh, posters or artwork. Uh, from gigs i've got a couple of those from guns and roses and metallica and a couple of other people so i'm always keen to get those although they're an absolute nightmare a to get and b to keep whilst you're at a gig um mm -hmm. but the rest of it i thought it was quite uh, sorry amy I, I didn't i've seen your t-shirt and this is actually one off the ones where i'm not saying that but i thought they were quite over the top nowadays and that sounds a bit weird almost like i remember seeing from a distance one of the long sleeve t-shirts and it was a little bit like 
print on the front, print on the arm, all the way down the arm, all the way down this arm, all the way over the back. And it was a little bit like, hey, where can we print more shit on it? <laughs> and I was a bit, I was a bit put off by it, if I'm brutally honest. But maybe that's just because I'm old. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the London one. So I really love how they bring out graphics for every gig, mm. and the London one was again Axel Duff and Slash coming out of a telephone box as skeletons, which looks cool wouldn't wear it mm. so it, it it and i've spent quite a long time trying to track down merch from gigs where i didn't buy it and i i want it <laughs> and that's the worst. yeah so ebay has just been rinsed but the they're either way too expensive or they're just a bit like i don't think i need them as as so the one for uh tottenham hotspur last year um was them on the St George Cross, so the so the England flag, which in the UK, the England flag has certain connotations with certain kinds of nationalists that I don't really want to associate with, whether they've got slash on it or not. Mm. So there's there's some merch which yeah, just doesn't doesn't quite fit. But I did bring my sister to the gig who's not been to a Guns N' Roses show before and she said, I've never seen so many people wearing the band merch at the band gig before. Yeah. <laughs> nothing but Guns N' Roses t-shirts. And I was like, it just, it's, and me too, I've never seen that before. But there's something about the style, the design, especially the original, like the old school albums where it just looks great and people are fine wearing it. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the, and I'm not going to be like that, you know. If you see a random person on the street, name three Guns N' Roses songs, but it's a cool, know, it's a cool logo. Even if you're not a fan of the band, it just looks cool. And what I, one of the reasons why they're my favorite band, the name is one of the best names of all time. So it just sounds like a cool phrase if you weren't aware of the of that they're a band for some reason. Was the, I always, uh, I always, I always fear that three song thing when I'm wearing a t-shirt because I, I wear loads of band t-shirts. I know loads of music. I'm obsessed with music, obviously, clearly, because otherwise we wouldn't be chatting, right? But I, I, I panic. I'd be like, oh my god, sweet uh, child of Brazil or something. You know what I mean? Something random, like sort of right but completely wrong. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. And uh, so by the way, the telephone booth is that a reference to Doctor Who? Uh, it's it, we. I thought that as well, but the colours are red telephone box because we famously have them. Famously okay. used to have them everywhere. And the um, the Doctor Who was a police box, and it's blue. Okay. And these were red telephone boxes. Shows what I know. I, I'm aware of Doctor <laughs> Who. I, I've. Is it bad that I've never seen an episode? I've, no, I've it, never seen. An okay. All right. I thought that was going to be like I've never seen Star Wars, but that's more universal. Doctor Who seems to be kind of okay. You've never seen Star Wars. I've seen Spaceballs like two hundred times. Does that count? <laughs> but that is funny. It's just let's be honest. It's weird. Classic. It's. I always say it's kind of like what the opposite of like what a virgin would say. Like, oh, it's never happened. I'm like, it's just never happened. And it's usually Star Wars is associated with nerds, like, you know, in the stereotypical kind of way. It's just never happened. I don't know. Like I said, I've seen Spaceballs one too many times. Or not enough, I guess, depending. And uh, by the way, Jason, I, I would be remiss before we move on to the show. Your shirt, because you showed me off. Oh. Very cool. Yeah, so uh, Sir Blasco, who's Ozzy Osbourne's, or was Ozzy Osbourne's bass player, and he made a Ozzy-style T-shirt the bark at the moon thing with a cat in the middle and i thought obviously you love cats 
got to put it on. Beautiful. And I love cats as well because he's behind us somewhere. <laughs> your your cat Milo is on the guitar amp. I love it. Yeah, he's just chilling. He'll uh, he'll come over in a minute. <laughs> My cats, one of them, just I swear, because um, I'm without Baby Brownstone today. My my wife took him out for you know for an, an adventure today, and it's if I get a moment of sleep when he's just being quiet, another cat who apparently they the cats mimic a baby cry to get what you want. Yeah, he's like meow 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 meow, and I guess I'm like you have food. I have to follow him all the way out to the kitchen. I'm like you have food. Look at it. He just wants me to watch him eat. So, <laughs> so let's all escape <laughs> talking about Guns N' Roses for, for a little bit. Uh, so Hyde Park, I'm not familiar. Obviously, is can you can either one of you? I, I guess who's whoever wants to take it first, kind of explain what the, uh, it's a giant park that has a yeah. venue in it. Can you kind of have you been there as as kids? Is it super famous? Yeah. Who else has been there? So, uh, uh, Jason, do you want to take that one? Yeah. So Hyde Park is literally a park in london uh it is a very famous uh spot it's a large green area in london which doesn't happen that often Mm. um so it doesn't have every day it doesn't have a specific area for gigs um but they take over a large sort of end of the of the park to put the gigs i mean it swallows it to be fair i'm not sure actually how big high park is but it's bloody big um, and yeah, so it's in one corner of it. Um, Hyde Park's got uh, the Diana Memorial in it and a, a couple of other things I'm clearly going to miss. Um, the Serpentine in there. Uh, if anyone from England's probably shouting at me right now, other things that are in there. Um, but yeah, so they, they've had gigs on in Hyde Park since the 70s. Uh, so everyone from Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Taylor Swift, Pink, all sorts of things. So they, they, they quite often do like a summer of shows. Uh, and this year, Guns N' Roses was, is part of that. So Pink was on the week before, Bruce Springsteen's on next week. Uh, and so that makes it quite an unusual setup for a gig. Okay. Um, because uh, things like the bar, the merch booths, as uh, we were alluding to just now, they're all set up for the summer. So they're not just pop-up little tents where someone hopes they don't get wet because it is England. They're uh, more like semi-permanent buildings uh, that have a strange, weird sort of style to them. It's a little bit like being on a film set. Hmm. Um, there's all these like French-looking buildings one side and uh, Chinese buildings the other side. Um, yeah. I, I, do you, you know what I'm saying, Amy? That That's kind of like that film set thing, right? Yeah, it looks... It's a little bit Wes Anderson, actually. It's hmm. quite sort of yeah. pretty and, and uh, it, the, it it's almost like a summer-long festival. It's called BST, British Summertime. And it, uh, it has another stage within the space. There's a whole other British Airways-sponsored stage. There's you, you could spend the whole day there quite easily just eating and watching music and buying merch and things um it's the Hyde Park is part of the Royal Parks and on, on one side there's like the Royal Albert Hall there's a Royal Albert Memorial um it's right next to a really wealthy part of London called Park Lane um and Knightsbridge and people ride their horses very demurely around the horse track uh, around the edges and things so it's super posh um as you know kind of where it is um and it's it's an incredible 
space. I saw Pink actually um, on Sunday and she actually flew over the crowd. So they set up cranes and the whole shebang. So it was a really different stage experience um, to see what it is. But yeah, it's set, like Jason said, it's set up for the whole summer um, with like real global legends. Um, tonight, Blackpink is headlining. We got so, pink and black pink. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Amy, just a quick question about the pink thing. It wasn't you that threw the ashes on stage, was it? Oh, right. hey, Jason, because that's bonkers. Um, yeah, somebody had thrown their mother's ashes onto this. And she has lots of people who are fans. And there was a guy, there's like a running joke that he'd bring her a wheel of brie every time he sees her. And she really likes cheese. And it, it was very kind of sweet. And people like handing her like soft toys and artwork that they'd made but this was really mad and there is a trend of people throwing stuff at female artists at the moment which is just weird it's so strange it's just and so strange i get it she's a great host and managed it very well but people need to check themselves <laughs> it's, it's i know i mean what happened with bb rexa just because the mm. guy thought it was funny to throw a phone and she got like stitches and got hurt i mean i think it was kelsey ballerini or um, yeah, morris think... who got hit as well just the other day like, it's mad it's um it's it's a silly it's it's scary i should say it's a scary mm. thing to happen because my mind immediately goes to dimebag daryl I mean, yeah. you can have these viral moments, you know, thankfully BB Rex is okay. You can be like, oh, that's that's crazy, the ashes. That's almost funny, but it could get not funny real quick. So, can you uh, imagine doing yeah. that back in the 90s with Axel? I was just about to say that. Just, just any, any of those things, even the Wheel of Brie. You know, like, no, that would have stopped the show. Yeah, yeah. It happened a couple of years ago. I think it was just with Slash and the Conspirators, who, uh, by the way, have announced they're going to tour again. In January. Yeah. I have yet to see them, so you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, mm-hmm. we could we could talk about throughout the conversation if that means anything with a supposed uh, New Guns N' Roses album or music. If that's gonna, you know, be a deterrent or whatever it is, or just. It's not happening. That's why he's touring again. I don't. I'm not. I think that's a, a deeper question that we can get into right now. But I have yet to see them. I want to see them. But a few years ago, somebody ran on stage and like tried to tackle or hug Slash, oh. and he like slipped yeah. off, and nothing happened. And Slash didn't really miss a beat. But again, you know, people just going on for their 15 seconds of TikTok fame. It, it all it takes is one. All it takes is one to make it super super dangerous. So. Don't do that to Axel. He has enough problems standing up on two feet. Oh, yeah, and we'll get to that. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to it. So what number show is this for either uh, each of you? Amy, what number sh- uh, show for Guns N' Roses is this for you? How many times this have you seen This is the fourth, fourth time I've seen them. Fourth? Okay, and what was the first time you saw them? So I went in June 2017. Okay. Um, in London, so it was their first not in this lifetime tour around. I went to Berlin to see them the following year, mm. um, supported by Manic Street Preachers, which was amazing. Um, and then last year at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, okay, in London, and then this year. But I've seen Slash a few times before that with Miles Kennedy. Did you, um, were you like me? This is never going to happen. When you, because I had no opportunity, the, the only time I saw Guns N' Roses air quote was in uh, 
2022, excuse me, 2002 with Buckethead. So I had yeah. no opportunity to see the actual, you know, Slash and Axe on stage. So this was, that was your first time in 2017? Yeah, it, my, my intent was to see Axel and Slash back together. That's what I was interested in. Yeah. Or Slash and his stuff. I wasn't interested in the Chinese democracy okay. movement as much movement i like that i haven't heard it in that <laughs> phrase chinese democracy movement uh jason what about you what number gig was this for you uh i think this is my fifth okay uh if i'm honest mine dates back a little bit further than amy's uh I, i've actually had to write it down <laughs> that's how long ago it was uh, it was 1992 was the first time <gasps> I saw it. so and most people who like guns and roses do exactly that face <laughs> so <laughs> wow um, and then a couple of times, like 92, 93 era around there. So I, I saw the real Guns N' Roses, mm. uh, the dangerous, we're going to be three hours late. We don't care. Um, you know, slash virtually falling asleep on stage, that type of thing. And I tell you what, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it? Uh, so the very first time I saw them was actually at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. You were there? So, Wow. Yeah, so I've got a, a bit of a. That was my first big, big gig that wow. I ever went to, and I was thirteen. Wow. Uh, I don't. Uh, sorry, I say I don't remember. My friend Jake, who Jake, I will send you this. Um, we've been friends since we were about ten, maybe. We're still friends now, um, and we got tickets to that uh, because he's a huge Queen fan, uh, and we both went, and it's. Talk about worlds ago, you know, I'm 46 years old now. Um, that was the era when your parents got me the ticket, probably did loads of housework or whatever to pay for it. And they drove me to the bus station, which was six miles away. They dropped me off the bus at 6 a.m. and went, here's your lunch money. Here's a uh, 20 quid for a T-shirt. Here's a fiber for a beer. Don't get pissed. Don't get rested. <laughs> See you wow. later. Yeah. Wow. Uh, my parents were brilliant, to be fair. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Uh, and they do that like all the time. Uh, and so, yeah, we were in Wembley with 70,000 other people, three people from the front. And Jake and I have done this to every single gig we've ever been to. My dad never understood how we did it. We were always right at the front. And even now, and at 46 years old, we went to see Skid Row recently. And we were three people from the front. We were like, we don't care. You know, we're the old dudes, we're, but we're rocking out, man. Um, yeah, so that was, it was quite spectacular. Uh, they did a few songs back then uh, with everybody else. They clearly weren't late because it was a big thing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny to, because, because it was such an iconic gig, you can go on YouTube and watch it and you can put it on your smart TV. And it's almost... It's, it's very surreal for me to watch because I was such a young kid at the time. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and then I saw them, uh, uh, God, where else? Uh, Milton Keynes Bowl, which is uh, another uh, big, big gig that they did here in the UK. Uh, and that was very similar, actually, Amy, to the, the British Summertime thing in the sense of Milton Keynes Bowl was set up for about a month worth of gigs. Metallica was on maybe two weeks before, and I went to see them. It was either two weeks before or two weeks after. I can't quite remember. But I went to see them and then uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, and I do remember that one quite well um, because I was with a friend of mine who's very, very short. Uh, and there is the reason I say this is part of the story. 
Um, and this big African-American guy came up to us and he said, well, you're not going to see fuck all. And I thought, oh, okay. Just really randomly. Never met the guy before. Pointed out, said, you're not going to see anything and swore at her. And we both looked really miffed. And I was like, well, that's not very nice. And he said, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm with the band. Uh, he said, therefore, don't make a scene, but I'm going to give you something. And he opened, it was like the weirdest thing ever. Opened his jacket and he pulled out one of the Golden Circle wristbands and gave her and I one of those so she could see. So, and that was, whatever it was, 1993. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, it was incredible. And I still remember that. You know, I, I, that guy obviously will not. <laughs> he did that thousands of times, but it made the world of difference to the pair of us. Uh, and that was, yeah, it was fantastic. And then uh, I skipped all of the sort of modern uh, day iteration with the um, Chinese democracy uh, era. And uh, I, I kicked myself for that because I actually think that's a good record now. I don't think it's a good Guns N' Roses record. Mm. I think it's a good Axel record. Um, and then I saw them on the last tour in Portugal. Oh, wow. Uh, which is really good. So if any UK listeners are, are watching this, listening to us right now, go and see a gig abroad um, because I paid £60 to go, um, which is really cheap. Uh, and it was really, really good. Uh, and you guarantee good weather. We had a nice week away, me and my girlfriend, and we went there and did the gig on a Saturday. Uh, and it was her first Guns N' Roses gig. I love that. Look at this. And We're talking all eras. I love it. You as a 13-year-old yeah. having this moment that you still think about all these years later. Yeah. And all these years later, you're taking your girlfriend to her first one. So it's like all these generations and memories being created by this this band that we can't believe is actually still around. Imagine if I did reviews the back I, then. I must admit, I uh, one of the things uh, I, uh, I noticed at this gig was, and watching Glastonbury uh, on the TV, was how many young people there were. Yeah. So there was so many more people like I was now. And that's a band that's been around since like, what was it, 87, 84? I can't even remember when Appetite for Destruction came out. And they're still drawing a crowd of that size and of that young age. And I think that's incredible. Like that's, that's legacy. That's why you should believe the reviews given on this podcast as opposed to anything you read in the independent or that that Neil McCormick guy that that wrote that people were leaving they weren't (laughs) it's just such a I've uh, got such I've got such a thing about that Brando if I'm honest I cannot believe the comments by people watching on the TV uh, by people in the press they were not watching the same gig we were it wasn't the worst headliner ever. Yeah, Axel was a bit rough in places, but who cares? It's clickbait rubbish. But the reviews yeah. for the Hyde Park gig has been universally positive from what I've seen. The fans who go say the same thing. And if you're looking to pick apart Axel, you can do it if you want to pick up. We could pick apart anybody. You know, it's, it's, I say this as a Slash fan. No one ever criticizes him. He's got a little bit of a dad bod. And that's okay. But no one ever says it. Have you seen him do a handstand? Like, the guy's stacked. He's strong, but, you know, he's me. He's got a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a belly, but it's it's nothing. He's also up. I, I don't know if he, he's 60 yet, or I forget, but he's. Seven. He, uh, he is of that 
age group also. But if you look at Axel, who looks great, people are just yeah. like, he, oh, he doesn't look like he's 20 years old anymore. Let's let's go all in. And- no, nor do I. No. I did not look like I did when I went to that first gig. He clearly doesn't look like the same. Yeah. That's because we're people. We age. I know. <laughs> it just happens, man. When I saw Guns N' Roses the first... Of the hat and the shades, hmm. which are mirrored, and then the hair. So he's already iconic, just a bit thicker. <laughs> and you can't really take that down because then he just delivers. But I think that's the problem about anyone who really puts himself out there, like Axel always has, compared to somebody who's quite cool just being, you know, in his own lane, is you can't, you can't tear them down. You can't tear someone like Slash down because he clearly doesn't care, whereas Axel clearly does. And I think that's unfortunately why people will target him. And, and why I don't think he does any interviews anymore is because anything could be picked apart mm-hmm. and, and, and twisted a certain way. And, hey, you know, I'd rather see a 61-year-old Axel than any, you know, AI intel, you know, voice int- thing or uh, the greatest mm-hmm. cover band ever that can sing just like he did in 1987. Would not want to see that. Would r- rather mm-hmm. see 61-year-old Axel. So let's, uh, let's talk about that. Amy, who did you go with? Did you uh, go solo? Did you go with friends? So I uh, was on the viewing platform. Uh, I'm a wheelchair user uh, due to long COVID. So uh, I've got really limited energy, basically. So the first two times I went to see them, I was moshing like crazy. The first time I was crying while moshing because I was so moved by the fact that Slash and Axel were together on stage. Um, And uh, the wheelchair access area is, you know, really there's, not a lot of energy there. Obviously, everyone's in a wheelchair, but you will not find more diehard fans than in that area. It's really like they are mouthing every single word. It's amazing. So uh, I was lucky enough to bring my uh, sister as as my companion and wheelchair pusher who uh, had never seen Guns N' Roses before. She was really into that kind of California punk rock back in the 90s. So we used to listen to a lot of Offspring and No Doubt and... Um, Green Day and Garbage and all of that back in the day and halfway through she was like okay so Guns N' Roses has always been your little funny little obsession your little funny little thing but I really get it I get it now Um, there was something about Slither when Duff started with that bass line and she was like this is the kind of bass line I really like and of course Duff is super punk right so I was like right so as a Slash fan I'm like so Slash is really influenced by the blues that kind of like old school rock is where he's coming from Duff's all punk and that's where that kind of drive is and that's why their their whole section sounds so beautiful and that's where she was really kind of coming alive. And, and I'd made her a playlist about his, his how you get to know your guns and razors. And she was a massive fan of It's So Easy anyway. Um, and then the big ones, of course. Um, she, so she was an, an amazing companion to take. She just threw herself in. I brought her my tour t-shirt from Berlin. So she was full merched out as well. And uh, she's she's got two young children. She's currently breastfeeding. So she was pumping milk while throwing up the horns, listening to Sweet Child of Mine. It was poetic <laughs> I oh man I, I, that sounds incredible 
Nice work. <laughs> that does yeah. that. My wife's doing that now. You know, it's like half the time when we wake up in the middle of the night at like three in the morning. I have to pump. Can you feed feed him? Oh, I'm just like half asleep. We would love to bring him. I think it's too early. There was a, it might have been in a UK uh, metal festival. I should have this up that there was a, a mom who brought her 10 month old to yeah. a show and she, she had got a no, lot of grief for it, didn't she? Yeah, well, the internet grief. But the yeah. baby, obviously, wearing headphones, seems smiling and everything. So I think he's two months now. In August, you know, he'll be uh, four. I think that's a little too too young to bring uh, Harrison Rex to a, a GNR show. But I think that's that's awesome. Good for mom. Good for si- uh, sister mom to, to do that. Yeah, I see what I'm And let me, uh, I mean, I'm not going to forget because I'm currently in, I'm sitting in my wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Sitting in as I'm rocking back and forth. This is actually a new one. So, so you're literally rock and rolling. Yeah, I'm actually rocking and rolling. I have um, the handicap logo of the uh, nice. uh, tattoo of the handicap logo with the mohawk and the metal horns. Mm-hmm. I got that several years ago. So it's going to be interesting, and I'll talk about it when I go to New Jersey because uh, to see them in August. So I've I've been obviously handicapped for every concert that I've been to, but it's been I, like a progression. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned this before when I got, went to see Velvet Revolver probably 2004 in um no was it velvet revolver i don't know it was like it was somewhere where you had to take a train it was either velvet or like guns early guns in, the, in that era and i have i wear leg braces uh i do use a cane now at the time i wasn't using it so i would just look like <laughs> I'm, I'm limping i've actually had people i've had cops i've had girls say this to me they think i'm walking like a cool you know like i'm walking like uh you know i I get get some swagger i get swagger which is a little part of it i guess but i mean no there's actually i have a neurological disability so i'm going down the trains the subway steps to try to i gotta be careful i'm holding onto the railing but i gotta catch this train because the show ended really late and i trip and my knee gets stuck in between like the where there's two railings just the way oh, it's so like my knee got stuck in there and we had to wait to the next but by the time like we got it out like we already missed the subway so that was fun uh and i used to be like you jason where not top with the first three rows but i would want to go so and i did this i remember for velvet um because it was a small place i wanted to be right up front so i would hold on to the like the front and i wouldn't let go but by the time the show was over, like I could barely like my I was so physically tired and like my limp became more pronounced. But I'm like, I don't want to move. So now and I talked about it. Uh, my first I went to see Bumblefuck, excuse me, a Buckethead brain uh, with that band Praxis last summer. And I'm at a point where because my lo- wife loves going to concerts. So I've been going to more lately where it's just um it's just not fun for me all the time where it's just a lot of walking and to get to your seats and to find handicap seats, which is always, it's sometimes it's not available. So you want to get the, the closest seat that's just right off like a, an entrance way. And I'm like, you know what? I, I just can't do this anymore. I, I, I need to get a wheelchair and long story short, this took a while to get, to go through insurance and all in, in, in doctors meetings like you really have to prove you're you need it so we just stopped at a like a pharmacy and got a a travel chair so we went to she wheeled me to to buckethead in a travel chair and like your friend your short friend jason i was just like it's it sucks it's one thing like i'm gonna have a i'm 
now I bought handicap seats for Metallica and Guns N' Roses, but I'm I'm in the back of uh, wherever it was, I don't know, Irving Plaza, wherever it was, uh, Buckethead. But I'm in the back. I can't. I can barely see anything. So, but it's it's just interesting to see. But everyone gets out of your way. So it is interesting to, to hear. We'll, uh, I want to I, I want to ask Jason where you know he sat and everything. But uh, Amy, we'll get to because the handicap experience. Because there are obviously a lot of fans, music fans that go out there, and some arenas are better than others. You know, it's just uh, it's an interesting. That's why I try to share my, you know, what mm. I go through. So I well, particularly is it affects so many people in so many different ways and in the uk we don't use the term handicap it's it has roots in those with physical disabilities begging on the street with their cap in hand so oh. uh you look for accessibility um so it rather than your disability you're looking for how you can access stuff so it's got like that positive reinforcement and most venues i've found since being a wheelchair user offers either a free companion or half price tickets um oh. and lots of support so i'm telling all my friends like, if there's a gallery or a show you want to go to like bring me like <laughs> this is free. um and it's you're not in the thick of it right and uh, you know i've got overwhelm issues these days and stuff so it would be a little bit too much actually by the end of pink i had to put earplugs in because mm. it was just a bit trebly um but in the process of getting access is a lot of admin you have to prove a lot of stuff mm -hmm. you've got to make sure of a lot of things to see if there's somebody to wheel me from this spot to this spot have you got like i had to bring my my wheelchairs fold up so I, I took it on the tube with me for the first time while walking with my cane and people just get out of your way and i'm a slow walker i'm a regal walker regal now. okay <laughs> i'm gonna use that <laughs> now okay i'm not rushing for no one and generally the space is set up with people who really care and they really want you to have a good time and there's loads of space the toilets are really close we had people coming to us taking our drinks orders for example at Hyde Park um, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the uh, the disabled toilet was uh, right next to the seat and I would have uh, paid to spend the night there it was lovely there was up lighting there was a bed in there it was just oh, wow. you know <laughs> It's cool. So I would advise anyone who still wants to have that live experience, but has limited mobility these days, to absolutely go for it. To find what access um, support you can you can get there. See what kind of discounts you can find because usually you can bring a companion for free or at least for a discount. Um, and it just means that you don't have to worry about where your seat is if you're going to be tired or anything you can prepare for all of those eventualities ahead of time like i brought like my electrolytes with me and high sodium snacks and like painkillers and all of that stuff um so just make sure that you have whatever it is that you need to feel safe and calm so uh, and bring someone who gets it as well that's really helpful oh um, absolutely yeah no i appreciate you uh sharing that and if i can see show me your cane because you had a badass cane yeah, so when I realized that I couldn't walk for very far without having to rest, there's a couple of things that you kind of get used to. Is one, the, the slower pace, but also making sure everyone else understands that you're not just drunk, you're just taking, you have to take your time. So I was like, well, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna get a cane, I'm gonna get a skull-topped one. Like all of my jewelry is like great frog and scully and all of that stuff. So I'm gonna be rocking this as well. And this also gets people out of your way. <laughs> Yes, it does. 
So um, I again embrace it, man. Make sure that people know that you're you're there just as much as they are. You're going to take your time, and you're going to have a fucking great time too. No, well said. And it, it took me a long time to get to accept it, to get used to it, because I just wanted to go to a concert and not think about anything else. You know, go with my not be a in my head a hindrance to my friends, which it never was the case. Uh, and now just having to just, I got to accept it. I would want to be up front. I want to be with sweaty with everybody else, but it's just something that's on my mind the entire show where it's like, yeah, it, like you, I, can't, you can't enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I found that, you know, I, I, I've got just as much pain from headbanging in my wheelchair as I did while I was in the mosh pit. So it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. And even the, the, the bathroom. Cause I went to, um, uh, when I went to Austin City Limits uh, to see GNR, uh, Austin, Texas, what was it, a couple summers ago? I didn't have the wheelchair then. And this was just like where I realized I cannot go to a festival anymore physically unless I'm in a wheelchair. Because walking on those hills, oh man, if I, if I didn't have my wife, like I was holding on to her, like it, it would have been impossible. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Absolutely not. Accept your limits and work within them, and it's fine. And people get out. I mean, you have to shout at people sometimes, but they'll get out of your way. Oh, I have a big mouth. I, I I go. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have seen. um, And I'll tie it into Guns N' Roses. This was posted by Del James that he had a short cameo in one of the uh, Police Academy movies. Mm-hmm. Which is just like, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I haven't seen uh, Star Wars or Doctor Who, but I've seen all seven Police Academy movies. So I don't, I don't know what this says we, about we me. Really need to talk about, we really need to talk about your films. I, I, I have a problem. We, we need to educate you. Uh, so, yeah, he had a short. He was one of the people stealing TVs from Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. So they made they made six. They made seven when they're in Moscow. Oh my lord! That's the worst one. <laughs> if you want to know, number seven is the worst one. Uh, but I I think of Captain Harris always going move it, move it, move it. So I always do that, or I go beep 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 on my own car horn. I'm so annoying. <laughs> I do find, and this this comes from being a well-spoken Brit, I suppose. If you sound like a teacher, people start moving. So at one point, I was like, they get terrified. Uh, that's no. why. And they stop moving. No. <laughs> so that's that's also oh. that's also helpful. Okay, I, I'm I'm the asshole New Yorker. I'm like handicap. Move, 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 move. Please move, move, move. Look, look. Please look. Who's handicap here? Pay attention. So yeah. Excuse uh, the fuck me. I, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an asshole. Uh, Jason, where where are you sitting? I don't know if it was as uh. Were you up? You said yeah. you were up front, right? You were like three yeah, rows behind. So- so I found it quite interesting, actually, the whole the way that Hyde Park set up. It clearly was set up to make a lot of money. Uh, and it sounds a bit weird because I was telling my friends about this the other day, and it, and it sounded like I was just bitching about it all, but I wasn't. I really enjoyed it. Um, so you have the stage, and then the Golden Circle, which went out a really long way. It went out to the sound desk, um, and that's a lot further than any gig I've seen before. And then on top of there, they had a VIP and then like house, right. They had a VIP thing. And there was a lot of VIP areas, which were a financial upgrade uh, from your general admission tickets because it was all standing. Um, And I, I, I'm always like said earlier, like to get towards the front. I kind of don't care if the sounds bad. I just want to embrace that whole live experience of, 
everybody jumping up and down in unison or singing yeah. in unison that, that whole thing kind of not worried if i can only hear slash because i'm too close you know i can only hear the drums so what man it's still fun so anyway so i was about four or five people back from the barrier that was then into the golden circle so it's actually quite a long way back um and i think that golden circle and where i was was what created some problems which we can talk about in a minute <laughs> to say the least okay. so i had a good view and it was still fun <laughs> okay good so i mean i understand the um because nowadays it just seems like bands are only making money when they're on tour that's the only yeah. way to do it just the way music sales and the music business is nowadays and well, there, it's not there isn't there music sales is there you know it's all spotify and it's, they don't make any money merchandise touring done yeah, yeah and merch so there's yeah. there's a level of understanding why they need to have these vip and golden yeah. circles and it's you know it's my fault that i'm not a doctor that i can't afford these things i guess um but it is what it is but i guess combining that with the handicap you know i feel like i'm never going to be have that experience that you have where everyone i know i'm not gonna be bouncing up and down but i have visions you see of that picture of the guy in a wheelchair being like uh yeah. crowd surfed i'm like <laughs> that would be amazing if that happened with me but you know but I, just just come over here Brando. we'll sort you out mate okay cool just we'll take me out of it there. just throw me around just yeah. like a, a lawn dart no, that's fine i'll land on the grass or something it's it's okay we'll find you don't worry excellent uh so but what was the uh, i guess the the issue there with the uh, golden circle so, for you so the the problem and I, I keep having to say i have really really had a great time and i actually think it was one of the best gigs that they've done in, since i've seen them um but the problem being when you're that far back you have people who naturally want to be that far back and you have people who want to be in the thick of it but can't afford to and so where we were uh as i said it was me and my girlfriend um and there was a old guy and his wife in front of me and an old guy is probably about my age behind me and his kid and i turned around and i looked and his kid was standing on one of those i don't know what you call it like a little plastic step for when they want to pee in the toilet but they can't reach okay you know, like a little folding up version of that and the guy in front of me had no shoes on took his shoes off just before it started and i was like this is this is a rock concert it's like you're going to lose those shoes straightway and like you're going to get barged off that thing because we're right near the front and i don't think they realized we were at that front if you know what i mean like i don't know a better way of saying it sorry um no, so i understand uh, yeah so as soon as it started um we ended up being with there was two argentinian guys a couple of argentinian girls um and uh uh, uh three people that were from north london actually because we got talking to them and they just they were like in their 20s and they just wanted to have fun and they were absolutely loving it and they were jumping up and down and they were singing every word and the gray-haired guy in front was having none of it he got super pissed off as soon as it started and he turned around and he shoved them and he's like don't effing push me blah blah and he pushed them into me and i fell into the guy behind me with the kid oh my and then God. he shoved us back and i and i was like guys like everyone calm down this is a rock concert i've paid good money to forget about my problems enjoy the music that i absolutely love with people who are all doing the same thing and they just for i don't know the good first quarter of the show 
were just constantly arguing these people around us. Oh my God. Um, and it, it was really, you know, like, I don't want to put a tinge on it, but I wanted to tell people that this is, this was a thing. Mm. Um, but it's not acceptable. You know, the guy behind me got super pissed off with anybody. And there was a lady walking past with a drink and he shoved her. I was like, don't come near me. Don't come near my kid. He was, the, the lady was miles away. She was nowhere near him. Oh, you're back. Sorry. Did I just mute myself? <laughs> no, you you muted the, uh, the picture for a second, but you're back. See, that Sorry. guy is uh, back. The guy's back. He's shoving you off Zoom. Oh, yeah, he, he I know, right? Just like that. El- elbow in the back of Zoom. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, so, like, it's really strange. And I think that's possibly, like I said, because of the location, for starters. And the, like, I think those people naturally wanted to be that far back. I don't want a mosh pit near me. Okay, it's Guns N' Roses. You don't get mosh pits, but you do get people jumping up and down and singing. And that's what these, these young lads were doing. And they were so nice. So, like, we made friends with them and we had a really good time. Um, so, yeah, so it was a good sort of 100, 150, 100 meters back, maybe, thinking about it, on the as the house left, so in line with the uh, the giant oak tree. Um, which is a bit of a random thing. <laughs> There's a giant oak tree that came out of the uh, stage. Yeah, because I, I saw... Uh, oh, before I forget, I want to thank uh, this guy because he, he could have been the third person on uh, on here, but he's actually going to see ZZ Top tonight. Uh, James oh, William nice. Ray, um, mm. he gave me some pictures to, and I shared on my social media, and you can see Slash and, and Duff in front of this giant... I'm like, is that a giant tree? Like... Yeah, Are they it's a the giant f- oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes out of the stage. Is it real? Is it a real tree? Yeah. I, I intently looked. Now, I'm going to say it's real, and someone's going to correct me, obviously, online. But why would you put a fake tree in there? It's got to be it's, real, right? Yeah, it, it's to evoke the fact that we're in a park. Yeah. Very much in, in line with nature, I'm sure. <laughs> I like it. It's just so... It was just so funny. Because like, you... Guns N' Roses has this great stage presence, and uh, you see all the graphics that go behind them, and uh, which were amazing. Yeah. Oh, great! Insane. And shout out to yeah, Creative Works uh, UK, I believe that does does that. But just just to see this giant just tree randomly, like (laughs) I'm like, did he edit those into his pictures? No, no, that's 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 really what it was. That's what it was like. That's that's crazy. But no, to your point, that can make or break a, a concert and axel's always been good yeah. at that if he ever sees anyone fucking around it's so funny when yeah, you ever see an I'm, article about like dave Grohl stopping a show or certain artists stopping a show now you know axel has this you know, reputation of being angry and jumping into these stands but he did that to protect other fans i don't think people understand that about the st louis riot he the pictures thing he's like that guy's taking pictures that was more of like to get the security's attention that was doing nothing while that famous guy stump whatever was pushing people around you know pushing uh so axel's always been like that the safety of fans so it's you have to be you know it's you bought the ticket no one's trying to suppress the good time you're having because sometimes if you go to like an older show like when i went to uh, my wife and i we saw fleetwood mac at the garden a couple years ago and that demographic of fan they're gonna sit down 
they're going to sit down for the most part. But, that, but that's expected, right? Yeah, but and then that, you might have the, the younger thing. people stand up. Yeah. And my, cause my wife wanted to stand up, but you're aware. Am I, am I blocking anybody? But at the same time, you want to have a good time. So those things do happen. But when it gets, like, physical, that's just, just be aware. Uh, it's, it's enough. Do you think it's something to do with just coming out of the pandemic? Like, people, we've had some issues yeah. in theaters about audiences not knowing how to behave. Do you think it was something to do with that? So it's funny you should say that, Amy. So I was actually speaking to my friend, uh, Bella, about it. She's uh, a... a a metal head that goes to my gym um and she was saying the same thing and she, she's considerably younger than me and we were just chatting about it and i was like this is what the problem was guy was you know like elbowing me in the back saying he wanted to have a fight this that and the other and she she said the same thing she just been to download and she said it's so and she goes to a lot of gigs a lot of gigs and she was saying it's such a change since the pandemic mm. it's like people don't know how to act and um, she said it was it was harder at download for, than it's been in the past for her. And she went to see Paramore, maybe, I think. Um, and her exact phrase was, snowflake gen Zs, I think is what she said. <laughs> and like, they don't know how to act since the pandemic. Um, and, I, and it genuinely, I mean, these guys weren't gen Zs, you know, but that doesn't matter. It was, that's not how you act. And the guy kept saying, oh, it's... Uh, it's my my kid who he's with. It's his first gig, and I was like, "Brilliant!" But don't stand next to him saying that guy's brain dead. That guy's a degenerate. F in yeah. this. I'm picking fights with people. You know, the kid's not going to enjoy it. I spoke to the kid. And I was like, "You having a good time? Can you see? If you can't see, hey, let's move you five people forward, and you can stand at the rail." I just don't. Yeah. Anyway, let's not let's let's forget them. They're, they're dickheads. Let's forget about them. But that's. I mean, that's something still. Uh worthy of mentioning and i'm glad that you did because you're right it's we've all become a little bit more insulated or just we want to be in our own little bubble since we were all in our own little bubbles for for a couple of years but this is the the joy the release that we've gotten out of it that, that the shows that were canceled the the concerts that were canceled that we get to have fun with our fellow gunners out there that we have to take care of each other, which I, you do see for the most part. But these things, they do happen. I'll, I'll never forget. And again, this is bef- uh, before the, was the wheelchair is new. I don't think I was using the cane at the time. Uh, the one, one and only Ozfest that I went to. Uh, I wish I went to more, but it is what it is. Instantly, instantly jealous. Just so you know, I don't even care who was on. Just instantly it, it jealousy. Was, of it might have been <laughs> 02 or 04. I went to a lot of concerts in those those specific years, mm. but Corn uh, was playing. Corn was honestly, I, I'm a fan. It made me more of a fan. They're one of those bands that they are so good live. It's just like mm. wow. So it was at PNC Bank Art Center in New Jersey where they have all the seats up front, but then there's a lawn surrounding the back, and the lawn's on a decline. So the lawn is kind of going toward, down towards the, uh, the stage. And just how I mentioned how I was at Velvet Revolver and before I got a cane and everything, I would always want to hold on to the railing in front of me. So that's what I was doing. I was holding on to the railing in front of me and I was fine. I couldn't have stood on a, um, on a hill, stood on a, on a slope. That was the word I was looking for the entire time. So I was fine. But then there was this little mosh pit behind me starting to form fine I'm, I'm out of the way and that's another short story i learned i had a friend save me from getting trampled um the band the suicide machines 
at, at a warp tour they did uh, the, the Braveheart thing where they split the two the, the audience in two parts and I didn't know what was going on I just go on one side of it and my friend Elizabeth grabs me by the arm pulls me back by the sound booth to hold on to it and then the whole crowd just ran into each other. I might be dead. <laughs> I might be dead. So I'm I'm holding on in the at the corn show, Ozfest, and as they're moshing, the guy starts to like tumble into me because they fall down and they're falling down this slope, and I remember I just got because I'm the the railing was waist high, knocked the wind out of me completely. I'm like, Ugh. and one of the security guards is like, come on, like, I'll take you out. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll get her back. I'm fine. And then I remember this big uh, Puerto Rican guy puts his arm around me and he's like, I got you, buddy. I got you for the rest of the show. No, no one's going to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> and little five, six me. I'm like, okay, thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, just so, be aware of, because you never know, the kids that are around you, people like Amy, people might, I don't know if they judge you because they judge me. Maybe not so much in the wheelchair now. Are you really handicapped? Is there, are you something really wrong with you? You know, and they don't. No, really... no, I don't. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't give a shit. Business. But there are, but the people this aren't is aware. The thing, invisible illnesses is that I don't need to prove anything to you. I've done the paperwork. I'm on the benefit. I've done all of the application and all of the administration. It's got nothing to do with you, and I don't have to prove myself to you. So I don't care. And if they judge, if they're judging me. Anything that they're thinking about me, they're thinking about themselves. So it's got nothing to do with me. That's how Prince would word it. It's how I'm going to word it. What they think about me, they think about themselves. So it's got. It's none of my business. But they may not. Aside from that, of course, they, you shouldn't care. Uh, they may not be aware that you have a disability. Like for me, again, they, before Which the cane, they just thought I was walking. Chair. They just thought I was walking no. cool. Even with the cane, I I got that. People were like, "Oh, I thought you were trying to like look like a pimp." <laughs> yeah, that's that's the the look that I'm going for. But people it's like they don't realize unless you're in a wheelchair, they may not realize and they bump into you. And that's that hap- that happens to me a lot. I don't know what it is about me, maybe because I'm short and skinny. People always like to go around me, find their way through the crowd through me, and I'm very knockdownable. So it's like they push me and then I would try to like I would hold on to somebody else but prevent myself from falling. And that's when I realized I can't be in the uh among the ruckus anymore so I guess, yeah i think i just avoid the crowds now if i can't if i can't sit down then i won't join it yeah no i'm, I'm that way too so for the the actual show now <laughs> uh give me some some highlights because i've only seen videos which i've enjoyed i especially the one uh, with axel and bad obsession we're talking about being handicapped i fall all the time so axel <laughs> falling is not funny if anything it was pretty stupid like smooth he did like a i don't know like a twirl and like popped right back up and didn't miss a beat during bad obsession so a very quick recovery but how great was it to see bad obsession that's amazing i'm looking forward to so uh i guess yeah amy if you want to take me through some of the highlights um maybe you caught your your sister looking over at a certain point that you guys had a moment what were some highlights of the show uh well i had gone to last year's show Um, which had been delayed from May 2020 to June. No, actually, today's the anniversary of it, so 2nd of July 2022, was the second day at Tottenham, and the set was like two-thirds of what it had been the night before because of the sound issues that they'd had. Mm. So I missed out on a lot of the tracks. Um, But I actually... um, 
got all of the set lists of the gigs that I've seen. So they're on a spreadsheet right in front of me. So the new ones that I hadn't seen before, which I don't think they've done actually live. So they had Bad Obsession, which went down a storm. It was amazing. Uh, Reckless Life, Pretty Tied Up. I hadn't seen Hard School live, which was wicked. Um, down on the Farm as well. Um, Duff doing TBI and Anything Goes was was so good to see. Um, I lost my mind at Estranged, but I think Slash was too quiet for that. It was, I couldn't yeah, find, oh, yeah, That was terrible. He mm. just dropped so quietly. It was like, I don't mm. understand how Guns N' Roses are the biggest rock band in the world and they can't employ a guy who can do sound. Oh, yeah, it was, it was quite weird. Um, mm. So it was great to see those, like, in like, things like Reckless Life and Pretty Tied Up. Like, they're not usual bangers that they bring out, but it was nice to see how they were kind of switching stuff up um, and just just playing around with it. Um, so I thought Bad Obsession was, was amazing. Um, Live and Let... No, knocking on heaven's door, they really milked the ending. They were doing it for minutes, and it was great. And I hadn't seen Coma for a while either, so Coma was like, that was really fun, just to see them kind of really lean into that. What about Absurd? Are you a fan of Absurd? I really enjoyed Absurd. They just lost their mind with it. They they really went for it. It was really fun. It's always fun when you see Slash bend down a little bit, where he's just really, like, putting his whole, like his whole right shoulder into into the guitar and so that was really fun just to see them really really go for it in, in absurd because it is a it's a mad track that I'm, um, i must admit with, with with absurd just to jump on this it's like when it came out i was like oh my god amazing there's a new song isn't this great and i played it about three times and i was like oh i'm really not feeling it whoops and i felt really bad about that and i know um brando you you have had it on the show a few times discussions about it and how much you know it was a new song it was great and blah blah and there was something about it this time round that just completely clicked completely changed i was like this is fucking brilliant and yeah. i think it is that whole thing we were talking about earlier it's the energy and a vibe that you can't put a, a thing on and you either I don't think you get that listening to a record per se. You you get a certain vibe and feeling, but live obviously it's different. And it just was slash enjoying it. Uh, Axel doing a performance of the whole day. His performance was incredible. He gave and it during that. Yeah, and I think during that he was enjoying it, and he was like, "Hey, look, this is new ish, mm-hmm. right?" This is new. It's not silkworms. Uh, this is new. I've got this energy about it. He was having a great time. You know, he clearly was enjoying himself, and you could really feel it through that and a couple of the other tracks. But it really was a pivotal. Like, oh fuck, I actually really like this. I feel the same because I thought absurd. It didn't. I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to yeah. me. I, it was from that Chinese democracy era, and they were releasing it together. And I was like, why are we trying to? Uh, if we're going to go back at all, let's go Velvet Revolver, let's go Slash the Snake Pit. Like, what, let's let's draw them out. Um, oh, I'd love to see some of those. Yeah. But um, but just yeah, it's <laughs> it's unapologetic absurd. Yeah, it just goes, and it's like we're talking about a pussy full of maggots for God's sake. It makes no sense. <laughs> Hard school is kind of fun, and it's kind of got that weird like Green Day funky like sassy kind of pop punk mm. vibe to it. But absurd is just 
unrelenting and it's just that kind of scream and it just i didn't get it until i saw it as well so i was like this is okay i'm i'm on board this is cool yeah and i i like they they added uh because it has that down on the farm voice to it so i'm glad that that's in the set too because it kind of shows you that axel is still you know that's the way he he likes to sing sometimes and it's uh, well, he's really honoring that british accent punk yeah like yeah. down on the farm right. is a really british song and the way it, even there's a like, down on the farm like that's exactly how like bomb on the uk, UK shows, shows. Right? Yeah. you know like so they're really showing their roots there and that's what was really fun when they you can see them really having a good time and it was the first time they did it because it was at glastonbury wasn't it and just it was, yeah. which is on worthy farm and you know they're in a park at hyde park may as well be a farm and it was just it was kind of kind of cute and cheeky and i really enjoyed that i'm really glad they added that in the set for glastonbury uh I have a little group of uh, mates who are all, uh, again, Jake and Mark and Neil, all older friends of mine from uh, very early on. And we, we were like, oh, what are they going to play? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, they've got to play. They've got to play down on the farm at Glastonbury. And as soon as it started, I was like on WhatsApp going, told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it's it. Cause, uh, and then when he played at Hyde Park, I was really, yeah, I was, I was stoked about that as well. Because, again, UK subs, great, good cover. Spaghetti Incidents, great record, and it was a nice treat to have that, for sure. It's interesting why they seem to have waited to change up the set list a lot. I was ne- never one of those that says like they never change it, because there were tweaks here and there, and there was there were moments where somebody would pass Chris Cornell, Glenn Campbell, and they would play yeah. you know, covers. Uh, but they just didn't seem to shake things up at all until this time around, and it's met with such fanfare. You know, bad obsession and pretty tied up. I can't wait. I've never seen them live, and I can't wait. And Reckless as well. And I was looking at the set list of the gigs I've seen before. There were six new tracks that they'd not played in the last last tour that they did on Friday. So I, I love how they've been digging back and bringing out some new stuff which will have not been released nobody would know it unless you really listen to the albums which is kind of great for a smug fan <laughs> bad obsession is for me <laughs> but i was really like talking about reckless life is a, a, a great track at mm-hmm. high park i was lucky enough that they played it at lisbon when i saw them last year and the the reaction to the crowd was quite funny because it's quite different being at a place where english isn't a first language because they sing the guitar solos more than they sing the choruses. And it was a very weird thing for me. I was like, what is going on? And then I suddenly went, oh, of course, like there's a lot of words in here. You know, I know, I know the, the reckless life part, but I don't know the beginning. Anyway, so reckless life came on and I genuinely felt like the only person that knew what that song was. And I was singing away and my girlfriend was looking at me like, why are you the only person singing? I was like, they haven't played like I couldn't tell you when they played this, yeah. You know, and I think most of the people there weren't as deep as probably we are. And and um, it was the same at High Park. That came on, and I was like, wow, perfect. Same with Bad Obsession. Sorry to jump on the same things you were saying, Amy. Yeah. No, that's um, what you're here for. But, we're all jumping on but, each other, talking about the same thing. You know, it's, that's but what... the but Bad Obsession when Slash came out and he hadn't even played a note, and he's playing his seventies Travis Bean guitar gig that I am. I looked and I was like, that's his original Travis Bean. I know exactly what he's going to play. 
That's you know, cool. exactly. And then he started, I was like, yes. You know, it's, it's such a great song. It's such a blues rock tune. It's, it was, and there's such a, again, it feels really inappropriate to use this word. It's real sassy. <laughs> there's just, it's just really. That's it's not really, inappropriate. It's That's great. completely it just, true. There's such a, you know, like a neck movement to it. Um, I was, I don't know why they've switched out better though from Chinese democracy. I was like, that's not, you know, that was so I, I've got a bit of a theory. Chinese democracy. I've got a bit of a theory about the set list in general, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And I think what it is, I think the reason, obviously we can discuss it, but I think Axel is singing better than he has in years. And people, again, people who are in the press hating on it, I call bullshit and all of them people. But I genuinely think he's singing better. I think he looks better. I think he's having more fun. And I think he's gone, hey, do you know what? Reckless Life is up here. You know, like I'm singing like here. And when I get there, I'm a bit shonky in the past or, you know, and he's like, do you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it, guys. And I think that's why you're getting bad obsessions, you know, and other little things in there. And I, I think it's just because he's feeling it. I don't think it's got anything to do with the other guys. Like, Slash can play that all day. Richard can play that all day. You know, Dizzy, everybody does the whole lot. I think it, that has been a limiting factor. I think he's pushed through that. Mm-hmm. So he's getting the songs that push his vocal range up because he can handle it now. Yeah. I thought yeah. you're more of a, you're a musician. I'm not a musician, so you can you could tell me. It seems like Bad Obsession pretty tied up down on the farm. They're all the lower register. So I'm wondering yeah, if he's so, using these songs to kind of save it for when he does have to hit the high notes, where it's not just him screaming. You're completely right. Yeah. So, I, yeah. so I'm wondering well, if it's kind of he, the placement of it, because, I mean, the muscle, the vocal muscles, I mean, he's got to wake them up, even though he mm-hmm. does soundtrack and he's been singing for you know his entire life. He, he's 61, so I think it might be easier to sing It's So yeah. Easy into Bad Obsession than to just start out mm. firing, you know, hitting those octaves so that it might be more difficult for him now to Imagine do. Imagine coming out with, I know this would be ridiculous, but coming out and trying to sing Paradise City is the first song. Right. No, it's not going to happen. And, and he is doing this thing where he is singing, like you said, the first six or eight songs. I, I don't have a set list in front of me to say, but the first six or eight songs, you're completely right, Rando. It is the lower register and he's singing them much better. And he's not doing that falsetto high that, we, that he's famous for, but he can't really get there anymore. So he's like, hey, actually, I'm going to sit in this middle register, and he is absolutely killing it. Really? Like, he, he sounded amazing. Think, and the sound yeah. was great, too. You could actually hear it much better than what you heard on TV at Glastonbury, I thought. And it's the power. You know, like, I think the thing is, like, he does have power there right and all of these people again i keep saying it but all these people who say he hasn't got power and he can't sing high you're at the wrong fucking gig you're not watching it you're just writing it because you want to be salacious right listen to it learn what music is right he was so good at high but so much better than glastonbury so much better i right? agree but, and, and i think it is that beginning of that set list a little bit lower then we go up into a little bit falsetto. And there was a couple of songs, I can't remember what it was um, off the top of my head. Might have even been Sliver, actually, where it is that little bit higher. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh like, uh, I, I just want to sort of grab hold of him sometimes and go, don't sing it everything a bit lower. Yeah, like, because you're so good. Yeah, like, 
It's but, song yeah, selection, because I'm wondering, like, with Slither, which is the, uh, I have the set list in front of me, uh, it's the fourth song in the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, why he, like, wh- again, we're all playing quarterback here, Monday morning quarterback, thinking there are other songs of Velvet Revolver that could be more in that register that you could do. You know, why? It is, but how iconic is that song as a Velvet Revolver song? You know, my, I, my I I remember when I first, so I first heard it when they did it in Berlin. So it was the second year of their Not In This Lifetime tour. And I lost my mind because the first thing I thought was like, wow, your ego can handle playing a slash track now. Right. This is a well done, Axel. <laughs> I was also proud of him. <laughs> but it's it's wicked. Like he does, he does that Scott Whelan so well. Um, and, I, and I think it really shows him off well as well. Um, so, and, and it, I think it showcases stuff early on, which is always, always a good thing. And um, so I'm glad that they've kept it. I want them to keep it, but I was on a little bit of a Velvet Revolver kick this past weekend. I'm like, I would love to hear Set Me Free Live if he did fall. You know, I would love to hear um, By the Sword. Um, from okay. Like, oh. uh, with Andrew Stockdale from Wolf Mother. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Axel could handle that. Like, that would be... I- I think they'd do a brilliant version of Dr. Alibi. Mm, Dr. Alibi with, with Lemmy. I think, I think that would be amazing with either Axel singing it or even Duff singing it. Yeah, I could see that. I believe Todd Kearns does that now when they're out on uh, on yeah. tour. But I, I love, though, I want them because I like it's it's interesting still to see Slash Duff play Chinese democracy stuff. If they yeah. added more from that era that wasn't Guns N' Roses. So if they did add another Velvet song, or if, as you mentioned, Amy, earlier, if they played a, a Slash of Snake Pit song, I mean, that would be insane. But it goes back to what we're all watching Glastonbury and we're all aware of the reviews. Unless you're diehards like us, we think, okay. bad, we think bad Obsession is a deep cut. But, I mean, this band only has so many songs, by the way. Yeah. But well, people, people were angry that they weren't playing... The, the five songs that they know. That's it's like, what are you going to do for two and a half hours in a set? Like, that's where I'm going with it, because tell me the reaction that you saw when both Welcome to the Jungle came on and Sweet Child of Mine. That's, I feel yeah. like, every time I go, even though, I mean, I'm, I don't want to say I'm sick of it, but I'm, I, I, there are other songs I want to hear. Those are the biggest reactions. It's like, Sweet Child, oh, yeah. shit! Like, it, they weren't going to play it? Yeah, so it's, uh, was but it the it same is, thing there? It is that, it is that sort of and I hate to say it because I sound like a gatekeeper and that's not what I mean. That is because those guys are not deep cuts. They don't, what's bad obsession? Never heard of it. What are you on about? Right. You know, they probably think knocking on heaven's door is a Guns N' Roses song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Child of Mine. Of course it is. It's their huge song. You know, Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise Sea, Welcome to the Jungle. They're iconic. They've been in computer games. They've been on, you know, TVs. Sorry, say again. They were in Thor as well. Oh, Thor. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, the I only reason I went to go see yeah. Thor in theaters was this was to see that. Uh, <laughs> and I equally, I think that's why you get the younger crowd that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's how to be introduced to it. And they played Guitar Hero, and they they mm. love it. Like Welcome to the Jungle, and you you were in the crowd, so I, I was like way back. You started seeing them really lose it, and they were like pogoing, and that was really cool. For Sweet Child of Mine, all the cameras came out. Okay. Yeah, that was so so random. Like, it's so funny how everyone did want to be into it, and then it was like mobile's not moshing for Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah, because yeah. like, that's a I, moment. I, it's, if that's your first time seeing them, that's 
the moment to share. Like I got to see Guns Slash and Axel, Guns N' Roses yeah. play Sweet Child of Mine. Here's this moment that I could tell my kids about years later. And, you know, that's and to be fair, like as we're having this conversation of uh, the first time I saw him in 1992, I've got one photo from then, and it's. <laughs> And it's like terrible. Uh, and my friend Jake shared it with me recently. It's like the back of a couple of people's heads and the stage. That was it. You know, imagine, because I, I, I'd be saying to you guys and everybody watching and listening to this, hey, look at this cool photo that I took in 1992. So I do berate those people when I'm there. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, man. Like, take one picture, put your phone away. Cool. Mm-hmm. Take 10 pictures. Job done. Get on with it. Enjoy it. But then the other side of me goes, oh, shit. Imagine if I'd done that in mm-hmm. 92 blah blah like i'd i'd be sharing those with you now so i'm kind of like a 60 40 put your phone away 40 percent okay i wish (laughs) yeah no take a few but don't tape the entire show yeah yeah whenever slash and axel were on the screen together at the same time that's when my phone would come like look it's proof that i know i just got so touched by the fact that they're friends again i just thought and the only time when slash move so i'm always stage left so I'm on slashes I've, I've got a slash tattoo but I don't know if it's come across I'm a slash fan are you able to show um, it? Is oh it? yeah so it's oh. it's the um, the skull with the top hat from Appetite and then it's it's on my forearm and then the the conch shells from his top hat oh. around it it's like a bracelet Hey, Amy, um, are you cool. going to hate me if I tell you that I saw Slash's Snake Pit back in the day as well? Mm. I'm not going to hate you. I'm going to revere you. And, <laughs> um, so happy that you had that experience. And for sure. I don't know anyone who's been there. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, me neither. I don't know oh. if I've, I know anyone who's been to a Snake Pit. Yeah, show. so that was uh, Donington, I'm going to say 1993. But oh, I'm not wow. sure if it was that. But mm. There was Pantera was on, Pride and Glory, which oh. is another one of my huge bands that I'm really into. Um, yeah, so... Sorry, to but yeah, no, I, I'm that's cool as hell. I'm I'm always on the side where slashes, um, and the only time he moved was to right at the back for November rain, oh, and which is also that. when it started raining because they're that powerful as rock gods. <laughs> they control the weather, um, and and you you forget how good Axel is on the keys. Like he's a really good piano player, mm-hmm. um, and he sounded great. And did you know that that's what he played at Lise Marie Presley's funeral? Yeah, he played it just him, like the full song. Yeah, and then yeah, so critics came out for that one too. But it's just like you're at a funeral. I don't think this is a performance to criticize. You know when he no. was, it was. It was an odd Lisa. circumstance that Lisa requested or the family requested that he do that. Wow. Yeah. But it was that went down. And I didn't see that last year. So that was one of the tracks that was cut from the set last year. So it was really good to see that. Oh. I love it that. It kind of feels like, it, to me, it feels like a staple. Like you've got to do November Rain. Yeah. You've got to do yeah. Welcome to the Jungle. And they didn't play it last time. They didn't. No. The, the ones that they'd cut last year were really weird. Like it was only a 20 set, 20 song set. Last year, there were loads that they didn't do. Um, I love, didn't... I love the way that we all sit here going, "Oh, it's only twenty songs." That right. is most bands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've been thinking about that. I believe it was Paul McCartney who recently was crediting um, Bruce Springsteen, saying he's he set the bar. He's playing three hour shows, three and a half hour shows. I'm like, what about Axel? What about G- <laughs> he's been doing it, and he he moves a lot more than Bruce. <laughs> But Bruce and Axel do the same thing. I don't know if you know this. They don't have a set list. 
Okay. They just shout out the songs, and the guitar techs have to sprint around, change guitars, do whatever. They mm-hmm. have the staples of, do you know what the encore is going to be? Da 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 da. Um, but he goes, oh, I'm feeling this song. And then they just start it. Wow. So if you ever see, there's quite a few interviews with Richard Fortas about it. And he said, yeah, you know, Axel controls the set. He just rattles it off. And Bruce Springsteen famously turns to the band and just shouts out a song. Doesn't have it written down. Mm-hmm. And then they just start playing it. I know that Did was- you know, but they usually go off at the end of uh, Sweet Child and Might of November Rain and Patience and that Civil War, I think. But near the end, they, and this time Axel went, we're not going to do the showbiz thing and go off. Yeah. We're just going to stay. Because he was he was clock watching. He was going, I'm aware of curfew, so we're just going to keep going, and thanks so much. And that's when they kind of ended. They were, I quite like that. Just I think I think that was part of the fact that he was having fun again. Yeah. I think he was I like, you know what, I'm having fun. We don't need to walk off. We don't need to you know, do a fake encore. Let's just get on with it, guys. Like, you're here. Go, go, go. Sorry. Oh, anyway, I love the, that. I love that. And the, that, um, that goes back to, um, it shows how, how much he's changed since the 90s because back then, obviously, there was a lot more chaos and he really did change the set list and you didn't know what was coming, especially during the conversations I had with uh, Tracy and Roberta and yeah. they just didn't, they weren't used for every song and so they would be off the stage and then you just would have to run up whenever it was appropriate to run up back up on the, on the stage and I think I mentioned this last episode that Axel would just be like, "How much is the? How much is the? Are the fines? Yeah. You know, uh, just pay it. Just pay whatever it bag is. Of, bag of money, right? Yeah, just he pay it. I don't care. It is. I'm gonna go on whatever by I want. The, by the way, the interview with the uh, backing singers was a genius. Well done. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So because because they were always again being the 90s child of it, they were always a staple of in the back Guns and Roses, Guns and Roses back then as they do now didn't put anything on tape if it was on the record we're playing it we're going to have extra musicians we're going to have like harmonica players blah blah and they you know carried that on now and to see him back then was was brilliant and to hear them on the show it it was really good it's still a goal of mine to have tracy and roberta on at the same time i would love to have them on at the same time which i know it's 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 hard but yeah it's uh roberta and tracy uh they're both Sweethearts, absolute sweethearts. Yeah. So, uh, and shout out to Melissa Reese for holding fort with back oh and right. every single other instrument. <laughs> yeah, she's I noticed that with November Rain you were mentioning. She's part of. She sings that part now, like kind of like yeah. the chorus. Where it's so, so, so I, I good at it. it live. She's just so good live, and and I think her and Richard are the two sort of underrated people in this band. Mm-hmm. You know, she. When she was doing November Rain, it was spectacular. You were saying earlier, you know, like obviously Axel comes out and he sat on his Harley Davidson uh, piano and he's playing away. He was brilliant playing. I really would like you said, I, I was quite surprised he's still that good. Um, and then Slash went to the back of the stage behind Melissa, the mm-hmm. rain and roses and the whole visual thing just looked incredible. And then Melissa started singing and I was like, you know what she doesn't she doesn't get the praise she's in the back she's loving it and her and richard fortis again i'm a massive richard fortis fan so i could be here for hours um but just both criminally underrated in what they do 
They give everything. And I, I read the story about how they got Melissa. She was a local musician that somebody had dropped out, I think. And they were like, yeah, but can she learn everything in three weeks? And she learned everything in three weeks. And this was seven years ago. And she's just held her spot with the biggest, hardest rock band in the world and can hold their own and can keep everything. And pulled off, and pulled off the best outfits known to man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and there's, there's something about like, I wish you dressed more rock, but at the same time, it's like, no, it's nah. your thing. You do your thing, and that's yeah. you know yeah. they are. You do too. And it's, it's like just, a spacesuit, like onesie that she wears. No, I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I wish she uh, came on the podcast because she got the job when Chris Pittman uh, got fired. That he, right. you know, he went on Twitter and saying this was a cash dra- cash grab, which you should not do. You're gonna lose your job. And since Brain and her. Uh, used to date and they're friends and they make music together he's like how about her so I, I always think I love that because Brain is the one that got Frank in there and mm, I, I think yeah, Richard I think Richard came first too so it's like they, yeah, they so all Frank, have their own Richard little circle and Richard and Frank have played in about four bands together the, the New York buddies I mean I know uh, Richard yeah. from uh, St. Louis but I mean they played in a lot of uh, New York. yeah, yeah. Uh, New York bands together and I th- how I gotta say because I'm not a drummer I'm not a musician I really can't hear the difference people complain about Frank's drumming I have no issue with it I love his presence just like Richard and Melissa I think mm-hmm. they're the right people I think Axel always gets the right people it may sound yeah. different even with Buckethead so, and, and things like that, I just think he gets the right members <coughs> to put in to make them make it a little bit more like special in that version see, of it. I would love to see Steve, though. Sure. Just, just the kind of the wildness of him, I would love to see that live one day. I would, too. As somebody who's never seen it, I, I would have liked it's kind of to be... You know, he's part of it. If he's not physically able to do a three-hour show or whatever it is, but I'm sure it all comes down to business and what people are paid and, and um, lawyers. and uh, <laughs> I mean, it happened twice. We're lucky it happened twice, I guess. So we'll see if it happens uh, happens again. Could we, could we talk a minute about songs that we would like in the set list? Because I know you asked that on Twitter a lot, Brando, and sure. I would just love to know like, yeah. what, it's your like, episode. what you would love to see and what what is like a glaring omission yeah it's your it's your episode so uh what do you want to see what do you want to see what do you want to hear i'm really surprised that my michelle is never on didn't they just add that back recently but i, I was surprised yeah, I, I i did see that in portugal i was surprised that, that it was taken it, it hadn't been played since 2018 2000 like before the pandemic like i didn't even realize for some reason that they had taken i've not it seen off. it it's not been on a set list I've seen. That and Get in the Ring, I would lose my mind. If I saw Get in the Ring live, it would be, oh. And it seems very topical. Get in the Ring, especially since the yeah. uh, uh, GNR's Twitter uh, called yeah. out those two, those two uh, yeah. rag writers. Yeah, and two right. Good on him. I mean, Fallout Boy just updated. Uh, we didn't start the fire with new references from Billy Joel. So why can't we get an updated Get in the Ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do it. So act. Actually, just just before we go on that, Axel did mention in his very Axel way about being pissed off about the uh, people reviewing concerts that blatantly aren't there. What did he say? I, I, can't, I can't remember how he said it, Amy. I don't know if you you noticed, but he had a little dig of like, you know, don't say I'm shit at singing, basically, mm. uh, unless you've actually been to the gig. And I can't remember exactly how he said it. I'm so sorry. That's exactly what I should be able to tell you but it was a snidey little comment that was mm. just 
perfect axel 90s don't don't dig me i'm standing in front of the stage of seventy thousand people you know i guarantee i can speak to more people in like that than you sell your papers nowadays guys yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's true it, it's so and it wasn't you know it wasn't like the big paris 1993 rant at warren beatty or wherever that was sleep moves girlfriend <laughs> but um it was just a nice little hey yeah. look i'm quite happy but don't take the piss out of me <laughs> yeah it's not necessary after all that he's been through and the band's been through i mean this is such a victory lap for them like you're just yeah. going out of your way to be a hater but to get clicks to be negative it, it does feel like a victory lap, but it's not in the sense of the Kiss or the Motley Crue. Mm. Yeah, well, they're, they're wrapping it up kind of thing. But or I should say not just a victory lap. It's a triumphant return, you know, with this, yeah. this band that, I don't know about you guys, I was made fun of for having be my favorite band, you know, during the Chinese democracy era, you know, Guns N' Roses, you know, all the Axel jokes. I mean, if you're still making an Axel late joke in 2023, I, you're just not paying attention. Guess who made the late jokes? The dickheads behind us. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be late. It's going to be three hours. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like you're late yeah. with your humor. You got to keep paid up. Attention. Yeah. They were exactly on time. And just because of that, dude, I kept looking at my phone. I was like, 720. There you go. Stop. Yeah, they were spot on time and then finished yeah. spot on time. It was extraordinary. Oh, so I, sorry, you, you you were saying anyway about the songs. I'm curious about the songs that you want to hear. Other than Get in the Ring? Yeah. And uh, My Michelle, which again, I'm trying to, this is why I need a producer, but I know they brought it back this year. It's not in every set. I, and again, I think that the last time they had played it was just was pre-pandemic. So I've just not seen it. It's just, they just haven't done it when I've been there. Okay. All right, so that's it, and just just those two. Yeah. Okay. I think I think so. Yeah, I just every time you ask it, I'm like, I just want to, see, I just want to see you get in the ring. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear him, bitch. I want to hear that opening riff from Slash, and yeah, I'd love a bit more old Slash stuff. I think that'd be fun. Okay. What about you, Jason? Do you know, I I'm ter- I'm terrible at remembering all these type of things, but I I'm just happy to still doing it. I don't <laughs> like. I, this sounds terrible. Do you know what? The set that you give us is so long that I generally don't think for me there's anything missing. But that said, actually, I'm going to correct myself. Mm-hmm. When when Duff does his his section where he sings one song, I did want Attitude again. I know it's old. I know it's like 30 years ago, but I was just like, oh man, I just wanted to hear it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, when I saw them in Lisbon, they did... Uh, a cover and I recognised that and knew it and I could sing along at the top of my head I can't remember this time around I'd never actually heard that song um, TBI oh wow yeah it's I think I think, think I, right? I I know the song I think he does it really well I don't think it's as fun as Attitude yeah and, and I think it had a slight lull because it was uh, correct me if I'm wrong again but it, it, like I said it's not a song I know I'm somewhat of a muser and I was like, oh man, that's because I'm not like a punk kid like they were. Yeah, you know, I missed right. that. I was, yeah. I was a little bit later. But yeah, all right, we can all get back into certain things. But, and I think it, instead of coming across like Attitude or um, they did a Iggy Pop song last time and most of the people knew it, I think this one, like a minority did. And it, and it, it had the adverse effects of what I was hoping it was. 
God, my phone just muted again. No, sorry. that's all right. Um, I, I agree with the, you, though, I completely. It, I, it's I, sort of like the, the energy level dropped a little bit. It's like, oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I'd rather have Attitude back or another Iggy song, yeah. you know, or yeah. maybe not a cover. Do So Fine. Do something from uh, from. Oh, God, So Fine would be amazing. Or do anything off a Duff's record. Right. And I mean, his original 90s record. Uh, believe in me. Mm. Brilliant album. I think that would be a lot of Again, fun. Criminally underrated, that album. That might be, I don't know, that might be his, my, my favorite record of his. Because I like... Yeah. I like Duff when he sings punky stuff. I appreciate yeah. what he did with Tenderness and his new singles, so all about mental health. But I, I don't know. I like. I'm, I'm a punk fan too. I'm just like your sister, Amy. I'm a punk fan. But sometimes when punk people try to sing, you know, very softly and nicely, it just sounds. It just I don't know. I'm like that's not the voice I want to hear there. Yeah. So I mean, I. They're, I don't know. That's just that's just my opinion. I'd, I'd, I'd rather hear something. Original. I was just looking yeah. through the old track just to see if anything came up. Dustin Bones, I think, would be really cool oh. to see. Yeah, yeah. okay. You got, a bit of a yeah. swing to it and breakdown. Um, but one day to see uh, Izzy do 14 years would be the um, dream. Quick oh. question. Are you on setlist.com or whatever it is? Setlist FM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Could you do me a real big favor? Can you have a look at Milton Keynes 1990, whatever, because I've got sneaking suspicion that was played. So no I've I've been very lucky, and the first time I saw him in 92 was Gilby, was playing with them. <gasps> and then when they played at Milton Keynes, Gilby had broken his arm, and Izzy came to be the stand-in for him. And now, obviously, Richard's playing with him. So I've seen him with three. I've not seen Bumblefoot and uh, uh, the uh, um, Buckethead, but that was Axel's thing, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, and now that I, because I'm also on setlist uh, FM. Oh, cool. Um, I'm not looking at that, Sorry, but my uh, here, you speak. <laughs> but my Michelle was played in Abu Dhabi this year, yeah, and it had been played since 2017. Oh, okay. Which is actually kind of crazy when you think about it, because that is that's a big song for them. That's it's not like them pulling out Bad Obsession and Pretty Tied Up. I think My Michelle is more well known because it was off Appetite. So for them, it's it's I don't know. I don't know why it didn't wasn't on my radar that that hadn't been on the set list for quite some time. But I genuinely thought I saw it the other year, so I apologize to everyone for being a dick. <laughs> So, uh, so Milton Keynes Bowl, May 30th, 1993. Sounds about right, yeah. Um, oh, they played Used to Love Her. That was great. I loved that one. Um, oh, yeah. They did they not... Sat, they all sat on a sofa and played that. They did all sit on a sofa. It yeah. says here, acoustic, band sitting on couches. Oh, the yeah, they sat back the couches. I love it. Mm. Yeah, they um, came up with a big sofa, put it right at the front of the stage, did Patience, I think, possibly as well. Yeah, but they didn't do 14 years. Uh, I must have seen it somewhere else. Eh? Okay, <laughs> that's, that's such a great song. It is, it is. And Amy, I agree mm. with you because it was before their first show this year, and I had asked you probably saw that's what you saw on Twitter. What are three songs you want to hear? You know, and I, and I had said pretty tied up and bad obsession. I had no idea they were going to add to it. I had no idea. And then mm. get in the ring was my third one. So that's mm. what I, I want to see. And I mentioned earlier in the conversation that I would like to see Slither switched out with another Velvet song, whether mm -hmm. it be like Set Me Which Free. Uh, yeah. Set Me Free, 
fall to pieces. Uh, I mm. think would be great. Fall to pieces, good. Yeah. Yeah, I think they. There are some other songs in the range. Dirty little thing. I think could be a lot of fun to sing live. So there's a there's a lot of velvet that I want to experience still live and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Slash and Duff you know keep that flame alive I know they are with Slither which is great and I don't want them to drop it but there are other Velvet I've seen Velvet twice thankfully um, right. that I want to see very lucky man that's cool very lucky because I had never seen Scott Weiland with uh, Stone Temple Pilots so the fact that I was able to see him still with Velvet Revolver, you know, was, uh, was truly lightning in a bottle. But Jason, you've obviously you've been around. You've seen more GNR than yeah. us uh, over time. Is there <laughs> are there a couple songs that you want to see? Even though you're you're pretty content, I know you're content. Give me one. Yeah. Give, me, give me one. Oh God, I can't think. Uh, I, right, this is weird because they played it. But bear with me. I'd like to see the fire put back into. You can be mine. That sounds controversial. So they play it now, and it's a bit like, like, oh, I don't know. There used to be... So again, 90s version versus now. We know it's different. But there used to be a bit more grit to it and a little bit more heavy metal, punk, whatever you want to call it. There was a bit more attitude to it. And now it's a little bit... It's oh, the song. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, but I don't know. And I don't know if that's crowd participation. Where, or I, if think on, I think I agree, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know if... if with and it's such a good song. It's yeah. so good. You know, like, I remember when that came out, you know, I remember seeing Terminator just because that song had come out and I was into Guns N' Roses. Had the seven inch of it, the blah, 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 right? And it was on MTV all the time. We weren't at posh. I had to go to my friends to watch that. But it was, and it's just, you know, it's a song that's ingrained in my history of the band. And then they play it. And I don't know, it's just a bit lackluster. Okay. You're allowed to have that opinion. Absolutely. I, I got yeah, I, I to remember, I've only, I don't want to go off YouTube clips. And I saw them last year. So I want to see what this version of Guns N' Roses brings in in, in August. Uh, I know that's that's a Matt Sorum song, so I don't know if he brought something to yeah. it that. You know, he, he, I mean, he was a powerhouse drummer. Yeah, we were talking about Frank earlier. Frank plays and he's there. Yeah, whereas Matt played and he's like, I'm coming forward. It's like getting Lars Ulrich in a band, you know, like well, on your playing stand up. Yeah, <laughs> on your Milton Keynes set list on the yeah. list, Matt Sorum drum solo, which we don't get with Frank. But equally, like talking of solos um and this gig obviously mm-hmm. um slash used to always have an incredible solo and now he's changed it slightly and i like the way they've changed it mm-hmm. in the respect of he plays a little bit on his own and then the band come out and they jam for a bit and then he yeah. solos over the top of it but I, I thought that the hyde park one wasn't as good as previous ones i've seen yeah. uh, again like slash is slash man like he's 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 an icon. There's nothing to take away from that man ever. But I think this one wasn't, again, I hate saying, oh, it wasn't as good as last time. But when they played it in, uh, when they played it in Lisbon, I actually went back. I never do this. I went back and I put in slash guitar solo Lisbon and watched it on YouTube mm-hmm. because it was just a really cool blues jam that they did. Mm-hmm. You know, and previously he used to just stand on his own. I like this weird thing. Wish you were here and um, Godfather yeah. and yeah. And uh, Rolling Stones famously with Gilby Clark. You know, that yeah. was that was really good. Um, the Wild Horses, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, 
Um, and I love his story about that. Like, they literally went, what should we play? And he goes, oh, I don't know, I could play this. And they just went out and played it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, two seconds but yeah, before. it was a very simple blues riff that he did on Friday. It was interesting. It was, I mean, I'm at complete peace when Slash is putting those notes in that order. Like, I need nothing. That's how sound should sound, in my view. This is all of my bodily chemicals are at one and everything is fine. But it was it was interestingly simple, basic, straightforward. Yeah. He wasn't really playing, but I did notice, because I know every single note of all of his solos, he was kind of playing around a bit on Friday. That, that, so, it wasn't note yeah. for note at the time. He's really good at doing that, but I think he was kind of playing a bit, which I really enjoyed. So um, him and, uh, so again, going back to my Richard Fortas fandom, uh, there's a really good interview with Richard and um, talking backstage about his gear and this, that and the other and they're talking about guitar stuff and he said, uh, oh, sorry, he's actually in an interview in a guitar shop, apologies, and um, he's talking to the guy and he's like, what's it like playing with Slash? And he's like, talking about guitar tones, you know, it has to have a different guitar tone because otherwise it sits around Slash. And he said, and every single night, he says, Slash is a legend. He's absolutely incredible. But he never, ever plays the same thing but it doesn't feel like he's playing something that doesn't fit because he is obviously so good, so proficient. But as a other guitar player, he's like, that's just awe-inspiring. And he said it's pushed his playing way further than he thought it could have done because he's having fun with it. He's not... And Richard then says, can you imagine if Slash played exactly the same note, exactly the same all the time, every single song? Now, don't get me wrong, of course, like... November Rain guitar solo is going to be 80% the same. Maybe the second solo is not going to be the same. There's going to be like the iconic bends in it. Do you hear? Because that's the earworm of like, oh my God, yeah, that's that. But yeah, and, and so he's he openly says that. He's like, we have fun. We don't play the same thing. It makes us better people. Uh, and I think that's really interesting that's and, and a good point pick up on as well <laughs> i think it's the beauty of of a live performance otherwise just listen to the album right. outside just exactly. you know, just yeah. put on a, bring a radio I'm, outside let's do it outside if you want to hear the I'm, same thing over the, and over yeah. again uh yeah, yeah. And, and that's it that's that live energy attitude risk you know i know slash doesn't but people hit bum notes when they play live guess what that's because it's live they didn't get to do the take 32 times mm. he's standing on the stage pissing with rain not running around because it's too rainy out there I'm getting wet I'm playing it I hit a bum note so what I had a <laughs> deal with it an interesting conversation with uh, Mark Rivera from uh, Billy Joel's band and you know we, we spoke about the time when Axel joined Billy but uh, for his own career you know he's such a humble guy this is somebody who is worked with he's the, the music leader of Ringo's all-star band I mean he's oh, wow. he, he was going to be a member of the Rolling Stones but that didn't work out so I mean he's top tier he's like every night I'm going to make a mistake every single night and they wait for it and I said okay I got out of the way let's keep moving so mistakes <laughs> are allowed to happen and I think that's part of what rock and roll why it's rock and roll I mean there's, there's such thing there's, there's a difference between a mistake and like fucking Not up or, or ruining yeah. it or I mean uh, those aren't like mistakes I think it's just a breathing room wiggle wiggle wiggle, wiggle room uh, that you're able to do with the song that's live especially something you've been playing over and over again and like oh maybe uh, I want to do this this time so it's um, 
it's funny because the same conversation is I'm, I'm a huge Metallica fan as well and I saw them a couple of weeks ago at Download and there's a, a big thing that Kirk Hammett is saying I'm not playing the same thing anymore I'm not playing that solo anymore I don't want to because it might not be what I'm feeling in that exact moment and he said I'm just going to improvise and he gets a lot of grief for it which is weird because Slash does the same thing and doesn't get the same backlash for it yes okay Slash is better but um, that's you know it's, that's individual if you think he's better or not but you know what I mean I do I do uh, I mean I've had you guys on I mean I, I picked a, the right two people to do a, a review and this has been so much fun I know we, we can keep going until the next gig yeah, that they play in the, in the, in the UK yeah. <laughs> Let me just ask uh, just one quick question at the end, uh, which I usually do remember to ask people. Favorite piece of Guns N' Roses memorabilia that you have? It could be anything. It could be a shirt. It could be a tattoo if you wanted. It could be, you know, a, Amy, go on. a picture. I, I think Amy's going to have better, better okay. ones than me. Go on. Tell okay. me what it is. All right. So she's getting up. It's going to be a little bit of show and tell for us. So when I saw them at Tottenham, Hotspur last year, I'd splashed out on a special ticket which came with merch. Um, and they were very kind when later on it, I, you know, then learned that I had mobility issues. They were accommodating me really nicely. Um, in the merch bag was a tin of um, appetite themed coasters. Okay. Coasters. Right? So you've got black leather round coasters with their skulls on them I like it and I use them all the time and my friends come over for tea because we're English <laughs> this is what we drink off because I might have to be lying down on a sofa but I'm still a rock and roller so I have my rock and roll coasters, <laughs> coasters. Oh, brilliant brilliant uh, what, about, what about you Jason um I've got a couple of programs from back then, uh, which are always, you know, like, I don't know how they survived. I don't know how we used to buy a program, stuff it down the back of our trousers, right. and it and it still be, you know, like, however many years later, it's still oh, here. Oh, yeah, wow. Work. That's, uh, uh, you know, so 1990, that's, that's yeah. 1993, it's got a slight mark on the front of it. <gasps> But yeah, so there's that. That's pretty cool. I, wa uh, I love how you showed me a program, and I've only seen pictures of that online. And you have a Freddie oh, Mercury poster. Yeah, so this Mercury. is the wow. Freddie Mercury one. This is actually in a bag. That's how nerdy it is. So there's that. And then um, when I went to Lisbon, um, this actually happened twice when I've been to gigs in Lisbon. I've picked up posters for from the gigs. Uh, the the uh, lithographs, lithographs. Lith yeah, the nice artworks. Yeah. So I have that, but it's in another room um, from, I've got number 69 of 200. Um, and I actually, there's a funny story that's involved in the podcast, actually. A gentleman reached out when I put a, a post on one of your Instagram, sorry, when I put a comment on one of your Instagram posts last time, I was going to the gig. Hey, I'm going to the gig. It's going to be fun. And a guy messaged me directly and said, uh, if you're going and there's any posters, can you pick me one up? I was like, yeah, if there is, of course I'll buy you one. He said, if you get me one, I'll pay for yours. And uh, he, true to his word, he paid me whilst I was in the queue picking a poster up for him. So, and, and I packaged it up and I sent it to him. Awesome. And uh, so I have that in the other room and it's amazing. It's just dark blue, big ship. 
it's just incredible so that's probably my favorite um back in the day i had many many cds and seven inches and a random cd that was japanese a three inch night train Wow, love it. but they've, they've all gone now, unfortunately. Love it, and love that story too. Look at this, my Instagram an, connecting fan. Sorry, get get Amy. Sorry, I do have an audio um, piece of memorabilia that uh, Slash and Mars Kennedy did a <laughs> acoustic set for Spotify. The oh, fifty yeah. people in the room, oh. and I was one of the people in the room, so you can hear me whooping. <laughs> and they do like Anastasia. They finish with Sweet Child. It's very sweet. So it's on Spotify. They're little. I've good. I've listened to you make noises many times. That's me. <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant! I love that. Amy, Jason, Milo, the cat who's joined us. I can't thank you guys enough. You guys were were awesome. Uh, I tell this to fans. This is an exciting time now that Guns N' Roses is alive and well and touring. If you want to just be like these two, and and do a review and have a good time, just like we just had. Just hit me up on, on Twitter. Amy messaged me on Twitter. Jason did on Instagram. Facebook, you can do the same. You can always send me an email at the AFD podcast. Excuse me, the, the AFD show at uh, gmail.com. And by the way, I'm going to give a shout out to, to Bob who messaged me because he left a comment on my YouTube uh, where episode 31 was. And just a reminder, there are some hidden episodes that I had to make hidden due to trolling. So if you want to, if you're listening to all the episodes and there are ones that are missing, message me privately and I will send them to you. And again, uh, shout out, sorry you couldn't join us, uh, to, uh, James William Ray, who's seeing ZZ Top currently. Um, but he sent, if you want to check out the really good pictures that he sends, including Duff and Slash in front of a giant oak tree, just go on my uh, social media. You can check out James's uh, photos there. So thank you guys so much. What time? It's It's... Is it tea time there? It's like eight or something. It's dinner time. Oh, it's dinner time. Okay. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will we see the next one? Next review? Well, we'll see. The words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.